0: Let's Talk Oculus is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to know how to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash playtestvr. What's up, Oculus nerds? I'm Dan from Playtest VR. Welcome to special episode, Let's Talk Oculus, episode 25. Samson, we hit the
1: 25 mark. Oh, we did it. 25. We are halfway to 50 and a quarter of the way to the big 100. That was good math then. I could see you were struggling slightly Real, there. real fast. <laughs> yeah, I had to slow down. I had to slow down.
0: Well, for our 25th episode, it's been a very, very, very slow news week. But not to worry. Today, we are joined by Davey Maxwell, the co-founder uh, of Engine Organic, better, better known for their work on the Oculus Tidal Hacks. Uh, He is a VR game developer and artist. Davey, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's really good to be here. Definitely, definitely. Um, We'll be talking to Davey about his VR journey, a little bit uh, into hacks and see how the development's going on that. I did make a video of it a few months ago now on the Playtest VR channel and I had a super amount of fun. So we'll talk a bit about that. But as first, a little housekeeping audio listeners, you can see the video version at the Let's Talk Oculus YouTube channel. For you video watchers, the episode is on all good audio platforms and some rubbish ones as well. Uh, also, if you want to be a part of the show, send in your questions at letstalkarculus at gmail.com. That's where we found Davy, sent us an email, and now he's on the show. So if you <laughs> want to support us, um, support us at patreon.com forward slash playtestvr. And finally, we have a Discord channel, which is open to everyone, not just the patrons. All the links will be in the description below. All right, Davey, before we get into hacks and Engine Organic, let's go right to the beginning.
2: Where did your first, like, when did you first fall in love with VR? So I first fell in love with VR when I was approached by uh, a VR developer he was developing a public speaking trainer, which is still out there and available. It's called Ovation. Uh, he approached me as an animator and an artist and was like, hey, can you animate and rig an entire audience with photoreal facial animations? And uh, so he, he basically offered me more money than I, I'd asked for. <laughs> In order to buy a rift and buy a more powerful computer. So of course I jumped on that and I got a got a cool setup. And I started playing Echo Arena and very quickly realized that I was really, really good at Echo Arena (laughs) and then joined a team and we ranked number three in North America. Wow. And uh, the ESL flew us out to the Oculus Connect 4 event. And we didn't do so well at the tournament, but we had an absolute blast. Nice. And so, yeah, my love for VR really took off playing Echo Arena. And um, it it kind of went back to when I I used to play a lot of sports. And VR offered the most sports-like gaming I had ever experienced. Hmm. Was that the first
1: Oculus... Like, Was that the first headset you used as well? Or
2: yes yeah the yeah. the oculus rift was the first one i ever used
1: you really jumped on in with the vr legs
2: in that one huh oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i definitely felt a little bit nauseous at the beginning but it uh it quickly turned into fun and uh exhilaration
0: yeah how many times did you puke because you obviously <laughs> you got to
2: the you got to
0: the esports arena <laughs> you must have been playing a lot of it
2: yeah, I, I kind of got addicted because they had just they had just announced or released their beta mm-hmm. and so I didn't know when they were going to take it off of the, you know, available uh store. And so I I was playing 25 hours a week. My work kind of yeah. suffered a little bit. <laughs> but you know, yeah. it was all in
0: good fun. Well yeah, definitely. Um what was your work before then? Did you were you still a developer but for, for maybe 2D gaming? or what where was that?
2: Yeah, so I was an independent animator, and uh, I did rigging and animation for uh, indie games. So I was kind of floating around on the internet, getting jobs here and there, and then I got discovered by uh, Jeff Marshall from Ovation, and he basically was like, "Hey, you're really good at this," and <laughs> took me under his wing, and you know, offered me more money than I had been asking for, and. Yeah, so started started VR development and it was great fun.
0: How was the transition from, from, I guess, indie titles or 2D titles to to a VR? Was it it a big learning curve or is is
2: a lot of the concepts generally the same? It was really exciting in that I got to see my art up close and in a whole new Hmm. way. I got to walk around it and appreciate it and see all of the glaring mistakes I had made because everything in VR just gets blown up by like, you know, 10 times. And so that really, that really pushed me as an artist to get better at what I do. Right. I see.
0: I see. Um, and then you went from artist, but now you also do VR game development as well. Right. It's not just the art.
2: Yeah. So I, I, I'm the only one on our team currently who does art. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of spearhead the vision of hacks. So, you know, we all came up with the idea, but as far as like what it should look like and what it should feel like, a lot of that comes from me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other two guys, Christian and Kyle, who I'm working with, they are, you know, they're under the hood so much that they kind of need somebody to be in the driver's seat, being like, okay, we're going to go left, we're going to go right. Yeah, so you're more like a do- project manager as well, in the way. Yeah, kind of yeah, that is that is also one of my titles in the in the company. <laughs> How did the three of you uh, come together? So that story, yeah, started when I uh, left Ovation uh, after two years working there, and I went and started working up in Boulder at a company. And Christian and Kyle were also employed there. And we kind of just you know, hit it off. We worked together every week and decided that we wanted to make a game in our spare time, um, specifically for the Oculus Quest, because we all knew that it was going to be a huge thing. Um, we didn't know that it was even called the Quest at the time. I think it was Project Santa Cruz. Um, it had just been announced. And so we started developing a-, a game in our spare time called Sweet Tooth, which is a Flappy Bird clone when you have limited time, you can make limited games. Yeah. And uh, so we had a lot of fun making Sweet Tooth. Um, the company that we worked for ended up kind of going under, kind of struggling. So we we branched off and to put it nicely, we, we left. Um, <laughs> the story behind that is a little bit uh, different and in details but yeah basically you know we we, we took off and uh, started our own company and uh took on a couple clients you know just to pay the bills and then started development on hacks and yeah that's where we are now
0: what was the inspiration for for hacks then because i i when i jumped into it i got a lot of um like quake arena vibes from it
2: sure uh so one of the things that as the avid FPS gamers ourselves uh, we kind of noticed in in VR was that a lot of games were a little bit too uh, what's the word like they were kind of too gung-ho on the VR locomotion so they would create you know really advanced locomotion and and then also the the UI the Interaction systems were too complicated mm-hmm. for for traditional FPSs, in our opinion, anyway. So we wanted to basically, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants, the the last thirty years of, of first-person shooters, and make a boots-on-the-ground game, you know, incorporate the the amazing immersion that is VR, um, and make it simple and fast and easy to learn. And so we kind of came up with this idea just working one day like what if you could grab from one place and get exactly what you needed and so that kind of bounced around a little bit and it it kind of turned into a okay well let's make this sci-fi so that way you can grab something and turn it into like a lightsaber you know that was like one of the original ideas and it was like well we could make grenades that way and we could make swords and um yeah and so everything you needed was just in one place and it was such a good idea that we had to make the game. So you based it all around
0: the physic of having your gun, which also turns into a sword, which also turns into a grenade or such.
1: And that's yeah. kind of where it stemmed. You wanted that concept into a game. Interesting. That, yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I really liked that simplicity of it. I mm-hmm. hopped into it this morning uh, for the first time. And one of my biggest, like, great, I love the idea of the FPS in vr and in general i'm often terrible at them and like one of the things with like contractors and pavlov and the real like more sim ones is like reloading i'm just like having to learn how to reload each gun differently and i yeah. love that hacks just like all right grab here shove it there and you're good to go like i love simple a simple reload it's why i attend I, I like hyperdash more than
2: uh you know the other ones as well yeah yeah for sure um yeah we we just wanted to keep everything really fast um i i've watched a few uh onward tournaments and you know seeing professional gamers drop their tablet or their stuff on the ground and have to like pick it up i was like hmm we can do better vr community we can do better (laughs) Yeah. yeah exactly exactly
0: yeah, some of those games thrive because you've got attachments, right? Like the Pro 2 VR attachments and such, they're, they're very good. But yeah, I like the way that you just need the one controller, to be honest, you know, uh, and you can just kind of do everything. Um, I, one of the big shout outs in terms of what you just talked about, Simplicity, is I love the way that you incorporated the tutorial into into the menu system, how you just walk around and then you're into the tutorial immediately because it is part of the actual design of the game. It's very like Mario, Mario-esque where you, you turn on the, the game of Mario and you already know that you're gonna go right. Like it's the way they've designed the game kind of teaches you the game. And I, I really love that implementation of it. I think it was a very clever way. I've seen it in a couple games and couple pancake games um, in the past, but not many people do that you know they they end up putting you in a proper tutorial where there's voiceovers and there's loading
2: screens and such so yeah i just want to give a shout out to that because i I really liked that idea thank you yeah no we we wanted to keep it again we we have a limited team limited Mm -hmm. time and that just seemed like the the fastest easiest way to get people to learn um And yeah, it. I think that's a pretty old technique of Mm -hmm. of creating just kind of a linear tutorial pathway. Yeah, Um, yeah. I love I love
0: how it just as soon as you finish it, you're straight into the menu system Mm -hmm. kind of hub, you know, and you can go back and and go in there as well. And you've got the gun (coughs) range. Uh, Let's talk a bit about the art style because cell shaded, right? Or or cell shaded ish. Um, What inspired you to do that? That art style because we've seen it in Jurassic World: Aftermath as well. Um, that art style. So, what inspired you to do that, and why did you go in that direction?
2: So, we did a lot of uh, research and development around what would render really quickly on the quest and real-time lighting to get a little bit, you know, into the <laughs> the nuts and bolts. Real-time lighting really is a performance drain like none other, and. Cell shading basically allows us to, to sub you know circumvent that and um, go a lot lighter on the GPU. So the the actual style though was derived from anime. So anime does a lot of you know really beautiful hand painted environments, and then they do like more cell shaded uh, characters on top. And I just like the way that that. Made the characters pop off the background again, we wanted to make a game that allowed people to identify their threat really quickly and see you know that's an enemy, shoot that, okay. And so that art style landed itself to uh, to the quest quite well because we basically bake the lighting onto the environments, and yeah. then the the characters are cell shaded and they they really pop off the background, yeah so
0: yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful technique. To be honest, um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of cell shaded games out there, people start to love. You know, I think talk about Zelda, which one of them was cell shaded, Um, the Jurassic World is so kind of beautiful, and it's interesting how a lot of VR games they try and go for more of a realism, especially in first-person shooters. So it's kind of refreshing that you've gone gone with this take um the game's very very fast very fluid right how, how did you combat motion sickness because i've realized that you know we're in bubbles in a way so for example i know samsung you could run into most games and not get sick if not all yeah. of the games right where yeah, for definitely. me it's like a more of a half half there's some games where i still get sick even with hacks i wasn't really sick but i thought maybe 15 minutes to 30 minutes and i was like good for a little bit um, so it kind of varies. And obviously, you you guys are always always playing the game, right? So how do you kind of judge whether or not this is too fast, this is too slow, or how to combat motion sickness a little bit in your game?
2: Well, we really wanted to trust that players are getting used to VR. They're getting their VR legs. And so part of that was just trust uh, that you know, kids coming into the into the space. You know, players being in the space for a longer time are just going to be more uh, comfortable and feel, you know, that sense of like locomotion doesn't bother me anymore. Uh, so there's a little bit of trust on our part. Uh, the other thing was the art was important. We we played around with a number of different uh, ideas of how to texture walls and floors, and and one thing that really uh, helped was we we made sure that everything had like a black edge um, and everything was like a bit more grid-like. And in our minds, we kind of look for horizons all the time. Like we just, we do, and that helps us balance and feel a sense of, you know, uh, stability. And so with the first level that I made, I think it's, and, and the tutorial, there's a black line that runs the entire length of the map And that, I think, subconsciously, is something you latch on to and feel grounded with. Uh, So that was the original idea behind the art. I've since made some environments where that isn't as prevalent. And it seems to be okay. Uh, Also, we started on the quest one, and now we're at the quest two. So more resolution also seems to be helping with uh, comfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Um, another another big thing I noticed playing some other games was that many games will, they'll tile textures. So they'll basically just repeat a pattern over and over again. And I found personally that that made it really difficult to run past and you get this kind of strobe effect. And that made me feel uncomfortable. So I purposefully avoided any kind of like over tiling or, you know, yeah, yeah, just uh, obnoxious patterns. So everything's yeah. quite clean. It's interesting here to hear different developers'
0: takes on, on motion sickness because there is many different ways to do it. I remember speaking to a developer in Spatial, uh, spatial Ape before, and he was talking about potentially putting, say, say you're in like a, a spaceship or something, there's a window on the right which has pass-through involved so you can kind of see your actual real world to prevent motion sickness there. Like if you're feeling a little bit sick, you look out and you can see your actual world. I don't know if that, maybe that's something more in the future with AR kind of incorporate, uh, incorporate that. But um, it's interesting with hacks as well as like, do you think, obviously this is way off, you know, cause we have some, you know, you're working super, super hard with a team of three. You see maybe in the future, something like Space Pirate Arena could be something like hacks could do where you could have a 10 by 10 you know because that i assume that would eliminate a lot of motion sickness having like a full hall to run around in right
2: yeah i mean i think it'd be pretty easy for us to uh create a a, what do you call that like a in place arena um yeah yeah, like a physical area uh i I don't i don't see that being a problem for us at all Mm -hmm. uh it it just it might actually be easier <laughs> in some ways um, yeah no, no more on a demand yeah, yeah 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 I, I i mean i i don't know like the the whole you know going to a basketball court and setting up a, a place to play with your friends it feels a bit like a barrier to entry mm-hmm. for a lot of games so i i still haven't been able to do it so yeah me neither yeah.
0: Yeah I don't know what to do really do I just rent out a gym space and <laughs> I guess that's the only way I think I saw a few of the, um, the VR content creators in, in the UK for I think EGX they took one of the conference rooms and just all of them just played a bit of space pirate arena which was which was pretty cool but yeah it's only in certain aspects where you would be able to get that and once again it's a barrier of entry um let's let's go through the hacks timeline a bit so we you started development in 2019 2020 april 2020 april 2020 so and then so you basically started on the quest one and then moved on to the quest two
1: big difference development wise right with the pandemic
2: oh yeah we we all just got locked in and you know put our heads down and started working maybe (laughs) a blessing in disguise (laughs) Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no distractions. Um, the difference between the Quest One and the Quest Two was just uh, uh, more freedom, you know, mm-hmm. and more power, more resolution. Uh, it was it was just better all around. It's a it's a fantastic headset. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you did you did you find that with the Quest One you had to limit a few of your
0: assets, and then the Quest Two kind of unlocked that that so you were able to put it in, or, or was it still it's just that the quest 2 can just run better so you have that freedom
2: yeah we i mean we we basically wanted to get a maximum frame rate on the quest one mm-hmm. so we we hit that goal um as well as get you know a certain amount of characters on screen at the same time and so we we built the game with those constraints in mind and then once Quest Two came along, it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's go. There's more headroom; You mm-hmm. can push this thing a bit harder. So our game will still run just fine on the Quest One. Yeah. And Th- now with um, uh, asynchronous space warp coming out, uh, that's the frame between frames kind of mm-hmm. a thing. You know, that might give the Quest One players a lot of, uh, you know. Frame can you, rate, can you talk a little bit more about that? I feel like me and Samson might not know much. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've read and you know watched a few videos on asynchronous space warp, and it looks like it'll be a really good um boost for a lot of games. The one thing to compare it to, for example, is a bit like your TV in your living room, um, they have these features in, built into the TV that will basically add frames. So like a, a show might be 30 frames per second, but your TV is rendering it at 120 frames per second. And yes. so what it's doing is it's, it's interpolating between the frames what could be there. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you get this like weird kind of, I don't know. It's like a, like a ghosting blur? type of thing. Yeah, ghosting. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, ghosting. So you get this ghosting, and and I'm afraid that you know asynchronous space warp will basically create a bit of ghosting on games where there's a lot of fast-paced movement, things mm-hmm. are crossing your face, mm-hmm. because it's having to guess from this frame to this frame yeah. what's in between, and so we're we're trying to keep our frame rate as native as possible with hacks in order to avoid that, um, but I think for a lot of games and applications, it'll just really be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Is is um is Hacks on the Quest Two is it running at ninety hertz? Um, that's a good question. So, we have got it to run at ninety hertz. Whether or not it still runs at ninety hertz, we haven't <laughs> tested the frame rate uh, in in a little bit. Okay. So... But we yeah we're we're doing a we're doing a really good job of keeping it under. Uh, to get a little nerdy, under hundred draw calls so we'll have a you know a big environment we'll have a bunch of characters and it's still under 100 draw calls and and that seems to to be the trick and uh yeah so i think i think we have reached uh 90 i I've, I've played it at 120 frames per second but i wasn't like actually analyzing the the <laughs> specs and the data
0: yeah i think for me i i can't really tell I, going from 19 to 120 i don't know if i'm just not that technical but i don't really know can't really tell too much of a difference I guess there's certain aspects it
1: definitely saw the difference between 90 and 72 though that was yeah. a huge difference yeah. but yeah. I also have a hard time telling the difference but I know our patreon Kai he can he can 100 percent I feel like he can tell each frame like he's like I could tell the difference between 90 and 100 yeah I don't know if I'm there yet but yeah. so in, so in hacks we came
0: out you came out with a single player demo first which had one map two maps and I believe it has three maps now right?
2: Yeah, so we actually have uh, we have four maps now. The mm-hmm. one hasn't been hasn't been pushed uh, in an update yet. So yeah, we have we have some some spoilers on our Discord, <laughs> 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 um, but we're we're kind of holding back on a little bit of the content for the actual release at this point. Mm-hmm. So we do have we have a bunch of other stuff up our sleeves. Um, but yeah, we, right now there are three maps available on the hacks demo.
0: Yeah, and it has two modes as well, the Domination and Team Deathmatch.
2: Yeah, that's
1: correct. Yeah, we're working on
2: Capture the Flag at the moment as
1: well. Nice. What's your timeline for releasing it, like
2: full release? Uh, Full release is probably going to be closer to the end of next year. So... And, and maybe not even then. We might we might go to beta after alpha. So we're hoping to release alpha in the next couple of months, so Q1 of 2022, and then beta probably sometime next year, and mm-hmm. then full release honestly might only be in 2023. Um, so there, there's a lot of lot of time, and and things could change. If the alpha does really well and we're able to bring more artists and developers on board, that'll Mm -hmm. really bump up the the time limit or time to release, yeah. Do you have a Patreon now? Like, how can people uh, support you? Yeah, so we do have a um, Patreon. Uh, We have, uh, that's, yeah, if you just search Hacks VR, you should easily find it and I'll I'll link it I'll link it below as well okay perfect thank you yeah and then we also are going to be doing an Indiegogo at some point soon too we've we've held off on that because um yeah we haven't really known the exact release date of the alpha so yeah we're holding off a little bit
1: what's your experience been like uh getting to App Lab and just with App Lab in general
2: um It's been, it's been a bit of a struggle bus, you know, uh, when we first submitted to app lab, I don't think that they really knew what was going on. To be (laughs) honest, (laughs) they, they kind of kept, you know, asking us to, to supply things that we thought we supplied, you know, as far as images and specs and meeting frame rates and everything. And yeah, they, they kind of put us on hold for about six weeks. And it was very hard to get in touch with them. And all we wanted to do was make one little change to our, our name on the App Lab. And, you know, it just they were, they were understaffed at the time. So I hope that's changed. Um, so our, our experience wasn't great, but it is getting better. So with Oculus, I feel like they're starting to understand how to really handle indie games and developers because mm-hmm. they're new at it, let's be honest. Right yeah you can tell that then you write it too
0: <laughs> it's funny because I've, I've spoke to many developers and they've all had mixed kind of mixed reviews on how the app load process is, is done some of them have been like yeah great i just submitted it and then six weeks later it was on you know instantly yeah. and didn't even know it was on you know it's uh, <laughs> and some of them are just having nightmares because they're getting so many changes so my my only I mean, we've talked about it in the podcast before, but my only gripe with the App Lab is on a consumer level, there's not much exposure. Like we have to know what we're searching for to to find it. And even on the Oculus app or on the store, if you search, um, say you search hacks, for example, it actually won't show up until it says like other store, Oculus um, App Lab underneath. And then you click on that and then it comes up with, with the game. So it's kind of not showing it too i don't know if that's just a precaution just to make sure that people know that this game most of these games are not going to be the full games or, or or just in like development or an alpha right now but yeah a little bit more exposure would be would be nice but we have single player and you've been hyping up multiplayer for a
2: while now um how's the timeline on that right now Uh, yeah, it's, it's coming soon. (laughs) That's the old, (laughs) the old, it's coming soon joke, but, uh, we've actually gone through four iteration or four versions of multiplayer programming. Uh, right now we're using something called, um, what's it called? Pun fusion. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't speak code. Uh, the other two guys in our team are, are, you know neck deep in multiplayer at the moment and they've changed programs like four times uh we're, we're wanting to do it right so a lot of games are peer to peer hosting which causes a lot of trouble if somebody leaves the game or somebody's network is poor uh, so we're we're going to be doing server hosting and we're also using a, like one of the latest versions of Fusion, which allows for lag compensation, it la- allows for uh, much more advanced bullet trajectories, things like that. So we're, we're really trying to do it right. Um, mm-hmm. So I know that we wanted to have multiplayer months ago uh, for yeah. people to test out, but I think and I hope that our community will be appreciative of our time and efforts in making it right the first time. Mm.
0: Yeah, definitely definitely um i think if a broken multiplayer in a game is never great you know because it's one of those things where you go in and say if you've had a bad first time because it's not been great you might not try it again you know so it's important for something like multiplayer to to be right so that that's that's pretty good and i assume then because you've gone through four different programs there's been a lot of problems that you maybe never didn't envision before i guess that's the whole game of coding but you know?
2: Yeah, again, I can't really speak to the problems directly because I'm not a coder, but I have witnessed secondhand the frustrations of the team <laughs> in, you know, and I've, I've been in there in some of the early testing of multiplayer. They've, they've invited me in and, you know, we'll be running around shooting at each other and then next thing, you know, I shoot you and then I die and then oh. fall through the earth, you know, like, things like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's testing, yeah. so there's yeah. a lot of pains.
1: Yeah. yeah, you definitely want to come out with a, with a good product because I feel like the games that have come out and there's been bugs or, like, issues, just, like, immediately the community is like, no, nah, no. And then even through updates, it's hard to win people back. Yeah, it's weird
0: how that yeah. is. I think that's
1: gaming in general, though. I think yeah. we see that with the, the the
0: pancake games all the time. Game comes out and it's half broken. Be, most people are done with it. Yeah. You know, it's just the way the news is. So, so are, are you planning to hopefully get a, a multiplayer out before the alpha comes out? Or is that just going to be part
2: of the alpha? For sure. Uh, we will have a multiplayer. First of all, we'll be testing it within our Patreon community and Discord community. We have a lot of supportive people on there. And so we'll be testing it kind of, you know, down on the DL. And then also then after that, we'll be hopefully pushing it to to the app App lab and sidequest, probably on like weekend basis, like on a weekend basis. So just like windows of testing. Um, and then yeah, ramping up to alpha, it'll be it'll definitely be available on the alpha release
0: definitely samson you said you played it this morning what did you think
1: oh i enjoyed it like i said that tu- like you were saying the tutorial i really liked that like walk around i finished the tutorial and i was like oh here i am right back in the menu yeah. um yeah i definitely got to get myself some more kills so i can unlock more of those guns though um <laughs> but yeah i was i was definitely enjoying it i love a simple reload uh, the gr- like how you just like grab the mag, turn it into a grenade, or a or a sword. Like I was really into that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just gotta I just gotta play with some friends next. <laughs> Me too. Oh, well, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think I think we're all all looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm I I've, I haven't played it since I played the YouTube video, but I did the YouTube video. But yeah, I absolutely loved it as I did express in that video too. It was just very. Just very well done, you know, just a very well done game. So I'm excited for when you bring out, you know, um, Kimberly as well, who is one of our patrons. um, She loved it too. Uh, She said she did get a little bit of uh, motion sickness, but she did say nice gun mechanics and good immersion. She said, I I felt anxiety about robots popping up behind me. (laughs) And I did a lot of ducking and peeking around the, uh, around the corners. So I,
1: I did not feel, uh, any motion sickness whatsoever
0: of course you're, you're the hardcore <laughs> vr one out i mean i get us. it
1: sometimes but mostly in like vr chat rooms where the frame rate drops below 20 <laughs>
0: yeah definitely
1: but overall um overall davy it seems like hacks has
0: got a good good community behind it and um a lot of people are liking it i've seen the reviews on oculus as well which which are definitely good. Was this something that surprised you in terms of how many people have liked it, or were you kind of confident when you when you made the when you started off making the game, going, this is going to be something that
2: probably hits? Um, we we were hoping that it would be re- well received. We definitely were blown away <laughs> at first on side quest by just the um, yeah the reception was fantastic. Yeah. We were a, a side quest staff pick, I think, within the first week. Mm-hmm. They r- immediately recognized that, hey, this is something special. And so, yeah, but when you r- actually put it up there for the first time, you know, you've got your fingers crossed and you're hoping that it'll be yeah. well-received. Yeah, and um, you've got B-Haptics support in it now? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so B-Haptics, they reached out to us a couple months ago and... Nice said hey we'll send you a, a rig to you know incorporate this into your game mm-hmm. and so yeah we had kyle working on that for a couple of weeks and i still haven't even tried it because <laughs> <laughs> because uh yeah he kyle lives about you know an hour and a half north of me so mm. sometimes we don't we don't get to see each other that often i don't know uh samson did you try and in- no i didn't
1: not, I, not... I i did not try but i did see it on the menu i was like oh okay yeah i'm uh i'm gonna have to try that i'm sure that would be kind of fun you know just to feel
0: the bullets hit you yeah. and such right yeah it would definitely be be sort of fun is there any um in, talking about like accessories is there any incorporation with any of the the guns
2: the gun ones that, that are out there like pro tube or anything like that so we've we've redesigned our our gun system to facilitate that so allowing mm-hmm. players to adjust the angle of the gun was like an immediate request by the community um, I think because of the gun wand thing I've never ever used a gun wand myself yeah um, which is a little funny because you know I'm developing a first-person shooter in VR mm-hmm. um, but yeah that was an immediate request was hey can I adjust the angle of the gun so the very next mm-hmm. update we put it in there yeah yeah. Definitely. I, oh, well, to be fair, though, I guess as a developer,
0: you kind of want to make sure it works on the on the standard controller for anybody, you know, as yeah. well as it does. Um, is there anything? Have you have you played the PlayStation Five at all? Do you, do I you have not. Have... No, because their their triggers have um, haptic feedback in the triggers. So when I've been playing um, Call of Duty or, or Battlefield or something like that. As you're, it depends on what gun you have. So say, if you have a shotgun, it's much harder to press down and it goes instantly down where say a machine gun, you know, it'll start, it'll be quite slow to come down if, if, if you're pressing it. Um, I feel like something like that would be great if for a future future VR headset, you know, for them it makes these games even better in terms of immersion,
2: but. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think with VR, one thing that as developers, In the space, we need to make sure that we're making fun games, regardless of accessories and controllers, Um, because VR in and of itself is a bit gimmicky. In that, like, it's this whole new, you know, thing to use. You can walk around your room, and um, you can duck in physical space. And so, I think the challenge is really to, yeah, to make a game that, regardless of the accessories you have, is fun and accessible to everybody. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um. Oh, one more thing about
0: hacks before we kind of nerd out on VR a little bit more. Um. What What kind of? What, why did you go the robot route rather than the typical zombie route that pretty
2: much most first version shooters have now? <laughs> um. We wanted to keep the game uh a little bit more like playful. Uh. And and again, accessibility is a big part of you know our core values. And so, you know, making a game where you're shooting other humans, uh, that would have bumped our rating up, uh, our basically um, age rating, age restriction. Yeah. And we wanted to keep that at a at a PG thirteen, a teen rating kind of a thing. And so, robots was a was one way that we could do that. Um, the other thing too was that with the the initial idea of a of a universal mag, mm-hmm. it kind of made more sense to go sci-fi. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing, I don't know if you guys noticed when you were in there, but on the back of the the robots, there's a mag port. And so in the future, we're going to incorporate hacking other players, whether it's Mm -hmm. your enemies or your teammates. So if you hack an enemy, maybe that gives you like a speed boost or, you know, gives you some extra kind of jump ability or, or if you hack your teammate, it might shield them for 20 seconds or something like that. So, yeah. That's, that's, a, cool. that's a clever
0: way, you know. Normally you sneak behind them to, to take them out, but maybe the hacking is involved instead. Um, but that sounds good. No, But Hacks is excellent, I think, for anyone listening or, or watching who hasn't played it. Definitely jump into it. It's available on uh, the App Lab and on SideQuest, but it's only for Oculus platforms, right? It's not for PC VR.
2: Currently, it's, it's only for, for Quest, yeah.
0: Yeah, which is good because this is a quest um, <laughs> podcast, so it <that> makes <laughs> sense. I'm sure most people have one when people are listening. So, um, well, we'll kind of pivot a little bit with the with the with the first person shooters. Uh, we have did have one little piece of news uh, to talk about, and that's Medal of Honor finally did get its release date. Samson, you predicted Veterans Day. It's a few days shy. It's November fifteenth. Overall, Samson, I think you pretty much got most of your predictions correct right from yeah. our Facebook yeah. Connect predictions. Yeah,
1: it was pretty good. It beat, you know, the Beat Saber DLC's coming out. There's yeah. no, we know just as much as I as I said so far. <laughs> and uh yeah, it was just it's weird that they're coming out with the game on a Monday. Uh you would have I'll thought they I'll maybe that... may have hit Veterans Day or the day after, at least yeah like veterans day was a thursday their normal game release day like yeah. it just seemed to work out so perfectly but uh yeah. yeah i'm excited for that one definitely i've um i'm gonna start soon clearing my
0: 64 gig quest you know getting it down to <laughs> factory settings just so i can install this uh Davey, have you have you played this game on pc vr at all i i have not
2: played uh on no. pc vr no
0: does it pique your interest at all, judging that you're like creating a first person shooter to see how they've obviously it's very different, right? But maybe is it there could be some things that you could take from it was, does that kind of pique your interest? Does that happen now where you jump into a first person shooter and you're more thinking about how can these work in my game or although this is rubbish, we shouldn't put this in our game or such. Do you look at it now or, or still as, as a gamer?
2: Um, I, I definitely enjoy playing games. Uh, a lot of times, no, I don't, I don't take elements from other games, um, especially if you know, we've already established yeah. what we're doing. That Obviously, uh, right now, it's more a matter of user interface. So a lot of these bigger studios are doing some really fantastic things around the UI. Uh, so that does kind of pique my interest in trying Medal of Honor the other side of it is the cinematic and story element um i love story and yeah. i think yeah i'd i'd love to see what they do and especially in the quest you know where you're downgrading your graphics and pulling back mm-hmm. on a lot of things how do you convey a good story uh and keep that immersion
0: yeah i think it, um sorry gone
2: so yeah is a story something you looked or hope to one day add to hacks Absolutely, Uh, I have a I have a whole backstory written of the world (laughs) that Hacks takes place in, and um, yeah, we've we've got a bunch of really fun ideas. I would love to make Hacks single player again, three person team. No, not gonna happen. not happening but you never know right when
0: when it does get fully released if it's if it's very successful then you know you could always hire in more and who knows what it could be you know but um yeah that'll be that'll be cool well or maybe could maybe not a full full single player but the way i don't know if you've seen in pistol whip how they've kind of incorporated a story in their campaign more of comic book style you know, yeah. there's other different ways people are trying to find. But with Medal of Honor, I'm just kind of interested in how much is in this 45 gig file, you know, because I don't know if it was just optimized poorly on a PC platform. It was the probably the largest PC VR game I've seen. Um, I think it came in at 170 gig or something like that. And it was awful. It was a pain to update because when you had to update, you'd have to wait till the whole update finished. And it's 170 gig. Does not. It's not a quick download. You it's, know. it's going to be
1: cross buy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you it's not
1: cross play, but cross buy. So I would technically already own it. I wonder if they'll drop the price down to forty dollars then, because why would anybody buy the you know the PCVR version at sixty? You you think right? But
0: yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see. Are you gonna get real, it? Little trick
1: uh yeah i'll probably get this one
0: (laughs) got a sneaky smoke
1: (laughs) yeah probably like i got it in my large collection i yeah this one i think i could convince a couple of my friends to get this one uh and i mean i just love i love playing multiplayer games like i said like the I imagine the reloading and all that's going to be as realistic as possible. So I'll probably get frustrated at all hell. But like, yeah. it, I, I mean, I used to play the Medal of Honor, you know, old PlayStation games and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a little nostalgia.
0: I think when I played the PC version, the, the reloading took a while to get used to. But it's really well done. Like it feels good after a while. And the nice one of my favorite mechanics in it is the grenades. Where you can pull the pin with your mouth, so you literally bring it up to your mouth and you kind of pull the pin and then throw it, and it's it's so much more fun. Where in a game like Sniper Elite, um, that came out when it came with grenade, the grenades uh, mechanic wasn't done properly. They went to like a 2D gaming where you press the button, you see the arc, and let go, and it will throw it. Where I thought mm-hmm. that was a big missed opportunity in VR. And VR, it should be that you you actually throw it. You know that's the whole point. Uh, the, emer- the the immersion like kind of broke when it came to Sniper Elite because of that so uh, with the Medal of Honor a lot of hate came on it because it was just not running well on a lot of people's beefy beefy you know PCs but I think as an actual game that the I didn't finish it because I'd do an update and it took too long and then I just mm-hmm. never you know always kept failing but when I did play it I did love it it's fun the story I don't think the story is that memorable to be honest but it's just it's just a really fun game it's, it's really nice to the graphics look really good I hope it translates a little bit in quest 2 but it's more about the mechanics the mechanics of it was super fun and although the, although the campaign comes in like short bite-sized chunks I'm super excited to see what multiplayer is going to be like because multiplayer on the PC was also non-existent
1: but... yeah, It was dead immediately that's another one where, like, you got to come out, you know, yeah. you got to come out swinging. You could do, you, otherwise, especially for a game that's that
0: price, you know? Then yeah. you come in, out with a game for, like, 20 bucks, people aren't going to argue too much if it was slightly broken or, or such. But for a Medal of Honor game, which is going to cost $40 at least, well, we don't know the price, really. I think it is 40 I think it was released. Was it, was it released? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let me check, though. Fair. Yeah, I, I heard somewhere polish paul might have had some insight on on yeah i think it was i think 40
0: was in the code yeah thirty nine ninety nine in the code yeah um davy what is what are some of your favorite titles because i i spoke to developers before and some of them don't even play games anymore (laughs) because time is just
2: just development right yeah absolutely um well in vr uh favorite titles obviously echo arena i i think is a fantastic adaptation Um, of like a a sport into a video game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, definitely Echo Arena is my all-time favorite. Uh, Let's see, what else do I play? Yeah, again, recently I haven't played a lot because it's mostly development. You know, at the end of the day, I kind of lean more towards 2D games just because of doing this all day, putting the headset on, taking it off. Uh, You know, the last thing I want to do is now put it on again, Um, which is, you know, unfortunately uh, the way it is. Uh, I hope that the quests in the future get a little bit lighter so that as developers, we can play more. <laughs> I think they got to solve the issue of, um, I didn't realize
0: this until the other day, but you don't blink as much when you're in VR. I think that's something that they have to try and solve. Because I realized when I was doing some supernatural workouts, I was like, my eyes are kind of like weighed open like all the time, like straining, you know, much more because I'm just not blinking, let alone. I don't know how they solve that to be honest i've not read into it i feel like it's a little bit more in depth to to my knowledge but yeah link reminders link <laughs> reminders or some maybe it's something to do with the with the airflow in in there i, I don't know I, I
1: don't know what but. what uh what 2d games have you been uh have you been playing
2: i just picked up age of empires 4 thanks oh what kai our patreon is very big on that one yeah, I was a big fan of Age of Empires 2, yeah. and I think that they've really gone back to the roots with four. And uh, it feels like a, it feels like a true RTS, you know, It, it really does. I, they've done an amazing job with it. Um, so yeah, I typically go back to that. I play my list of four games that I play, uh, Age of Empires Four, I play Halo 4, I play Insurgency Sandstorm, and I play Deep Rock, Deep Rock Galactic. Those are my big nice. four. Yeah. Nice, nice. I've
1: cool. gone, I've gone back to the Halo uh, campaigns. I'm trying to play them through co-op. Uh, so we just finished Halo CE uh, Legendary. Just started up Halo Two Legendary. Uh, about two levels in so far, and my god, it is so much harder.
0: I think you play. <laughs> I think you complete one level per episode at this rate at the moment. Yeah, pretty last, much.
1: Yeah. Last week we were talking about you
0: finishing the first level and yeah. now you finish the second one the <laughs> next exactly how many
1: levels there's like what 11 in there 11 i think uh four, 14 or 14. 15 i think yeah
0: yeah that that halo 2 Legendary is no joke is there any halo mods in vr have you seen them at all
1: uh i saw gamertag had a video where he was playing halo uh in vr but it's still like it you know, with the controller and uh you know i think it was like a combo of using the controller to look around as well as him look around yeah but uh yeah it seemed pretty cool um davy have you found any like anything
0: that surprised you as you were going through um making a first person shooter that you thought that was maybe something that you never thought of before in terms of how the how the mechanics work or how the world works like is there any sort of challenges that you had Um, that stick out to you?
2: Uh, That's a really good question. Uh, Definitely. I think just the ADS like aiming down sights Mm -hmm. was was a big part of that. We initially designed our guns around real world guns. I mean, they still are based. You can you can see that in our game based around real world guns. And the challenge there was bringing your hand up to your eye was a little bit cumbersome and sometimes you'd lose tracking if the controller got too close to the eye. So we had to exaggerate the upper part of the gun so that you could basically keep your hands closer to your chest. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was one thing that we came across and quickly adapted to. Fortunately, again, uh, making a sci-fi game, we could exaggerate things. and yeah we we did a really uh a, a lot of work around you know how far we want the sites from your eye mm-hmm.
0: all right, there's one more piece of news um we'll go into is the actual meta store so there've been reports that i guess meta I was about to say facebook are <laughs> gonna have their own stores, so it's essentially like apple
1: stores uh coming out soon uh samson what what do you what do you think on this? Uh, i'm a huge fan i think this is huge uh and really could like really could help push vr more mainstream like imagine you're just like walk like walking through the mall and like you see like the apple store is so uh open right they got mm-hmm. all, all there's no walls basically and so you're just looking in you see people like playing vr you're like what is this and you walk on in and like people just hang out at the apple store like like they don't know what they sell but like everybody knows what apple sells uh and yeah it's it i mean they got it you got to make sure they do some things right but yeah if you get more people testing out headsets like that's how you get sold like my first time in vr i was like whoa like i you know i need to try this out more then I realized how much it cost and then I waited for the Quest 1 <laughs> uh, without a PC. But uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be pretty big, and I just got to figure out how I can get my own franchise meta store in Boston. Franchise meta store, <laughs> definitely. Uh, Davey,
0: what, what are your thoughts on a, on a brick-and-mortar store? Do you think that would be a good idea for, for VR, or did yeah, maybe not I... make an impact?
2: I think, I think it's a great idea, just given the physicality of VR. It's mm-hmm. not something you can appreciate from a distance. And so providing a place that people can physically participate in a product, I think it's a no-brainer, honestly. And I kind of question why they haven't done it sooner. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah you're right, to be honest. I think I, the other day I was walking uh, through downtown in Vancouver, and there's now a Peloton store. And I've never seen one before. And uh, obviously, they just got their bikes on there and they're showcasing that. So I don't know if that's going to hit but or, or increase their sales. But I think it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to have a Meta store. Microsoft have tried something similar though. On, maybe because there was a bit more broad. It wasn't just focused on VR. Because I remember going to the Microsoft store and seeing a HTC Vive there and connected to a, a PC rig. And you can, you can try out VR there. But I guess because the whole place wasn't Solely because of VR, you know, it didn't it didn't hit as much. Um, yeah, but I I think it's a good idea too. I just don't know how. It it really relies on the brand of Meta. Like, can Meta get away from Facebook's negative, you know, image? That's kind of what will show it off. I don't know if people are ready yet, but I think yeah, it'll be a good
1: good idea. I think I think they did it at the right time because nobody's walking into a Facebook store. But uh, you know I i don't know that everybody like i feel like my niche of vr everybody knows that meta is facebook but yeah. like going forward kids walking they're gonna be like what's meta i'm gonna walk into this meta store oh it's all this vr stuff like they're not gonna really know or associate that with facebook yeah i agree i feel like sometimes we're just in a bubble and
0: we just kind of don't yeah. really know that you know a lot of people don't really know this stuff it actually made me happy the other day I was walking walking past a house and it was like a basement suite and I looked in there as you do um, and <laughs> there was like oculus boxes stacked on top of this person's wardrobe and I was like oh it is around it is people sometimes I feel like not many people know about it around here and it's just it's just the people that we see on the community but you know I think it is causing traction there's a lot of holiday gift buying stuff I think opera put it on um uh yeah she she put it on her on her like oprah gift. yeah oprah put it on a yeah. like gift buying christmas i don't know what it was some kind of sponsored thing for amazon um i got a i got an amazon flyer in the in the post box the other day and it had oculus quest 2 all over it i don't know why they keep advertising to me <laughs> <laughs> they want you to get that bigger one <laughs> yeah i know, tell me about it but, yeah, it's, it seems to be everywhere. Best Buy I went to the other day. They had a big Oculus stand um, in, right in front of the gaming stuff where the PS5 was, and they were um, had, like, a demo unit there and such. So, yeah, it's holiday season. They're, they're pushing. Um, we did get one little thing that I wanted to just mention as well Is after the fall. I feel like there's a lot of first-person shooters coming out. Right now, it's good job that Hacks is coming out next year now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> probably, yeah.
0: Um, but let's let's just wrap up the conversation with a little bit of after the fall talk and see what you guys' thoughts are because it is probably one of the most anticipated games coming out, which is out on almost every single VR, uh, platform apart from the Quest one. <laughs> um, <laughs> December six, I believe, is the release date. The first week of December. Um, Samson, there was a few there's a few rumblings about after the fall this week. Cause a lot of content creators got to play it
1: included Mateo three, one, one and such. Um, what did you think of it? Oh, uh, it looked great. I think all the content shown was just like, it wasn't their personal recordings. It was mm-hmm. all from after the fall. And I think it was all or vertigo games. Right. And it was all um, PC VR footage. So I'm definitely curious how it'll look on quest two. But uh, it looked great, and I'll probably try to play this on the PC anyway uh, because of how good it looked. Uh, and I think it has, for cross for play anyway. yeah. it has cross-play anyway. It has yeah, crossplay anyway, and I think
0: um, I'm wondering how big the file is. If Vendelvon is 45 gig, I wonder if this <laughs> is going to be on the tail end as well. Well, because it looks like something with a hell of a lot of assets and, and lighting and stuff going on. Um, Davey, have you seen anything about after the fall at all? Has it piqued your interest at all?
2: Yeah, I put together a top ten list of games coming out soon, um, and that was definitely up there. Mm-hmm. So I've I've done a bit of research into it. It looks it looks really good. Looks very appealing, and um, yeah, it looks like it looks like a solid game. You know, it doesn't look like a, a mill sim kind of like let's try and make mm-hmm. things really complex. It looks like a fun game. Uh, and I'm excited to try it out too.
0: Definitely. It looks like they're definitely taking their time. And I mean, it has been delayed before as well. And they kind of want to make sure that it comes out and comes out right as well. Um, but I'm really excited. This is going to be a four-player co-op, like a Left 4 Dead style type of shooter um, with a little bit of single player, but it's more just to, more about onboarding you to get to the multiplayer Um Davey, I guess you wish that this had a story mode as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. I was a big Left 4 Dead fan. I played a lot of it back in the day. So mm-hmm. this is definitely something I'm going to check out and hopefully jump in with some friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Samson, you been
1: playing any much VR at all? Uh, yeah, what have I played this week? Uh, hop into Hacks a little today. I uh, got in some mini golf games this week. And then uh, at work, I started bringing the quest because uh, I have like, sometimes I have like an hour break in the day and uh, I'll park my car in the parking. It's usually like dusk. So I'll park and then I'll make my play space, the parking space next to mine. Uh, and I've been getting in some synth riders and pistol whip just to keep active because I'm in the car all day. So you just, you're just you just in the parking lot, just waving your arms like,
0: like yeah. a madman.
1: 100 percent uh yeah i tried to get in like the corner but i'm sure people have seen me playing yeah Um, you'll be on uh you'll be on a meme soon or or, yeah i'm I'm hoping i'm hoping so yeah and then (laughs) uh outside of vr i finally watched squid games and as we've mentioned i finally beat halo 2 level (laughs) 2 very 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 good um davy thanks a lot for for coming onto
0: the show it's been it's been nice to talk to you and kind of hear a bit more about hacks and what what
2: what's going on there I'm definitely super excited for multiplayer yeah thank you so much for having me it's been uh, it's been great to actually see some more people in person even though it's zoom <laughs> um, to just yeah just to touch base with some some folks in the industry um, I, I've listened to a number of your podcasts I always love what you guys have to say and like the kind of back and, and forth, forth that you have <laughs> it's fun um yeah so i really really appreciate you letting me on here and i've had a great time definitely definitely uh, hopefully one day we can do some of these podcasts in vr
0: you know I just haven't found a perfect way to get a good recording of it and also vr verdict are doing a good job in spatial ape to be honest um have you yeah. been on the vr verdict show yet
2: me personally, no, I have not yet. Um, oh. I, was, I was interviewed on Spatial Ape a number of months ago, mm-hmm. uh, but they hadn't set up their podcast at that time.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure PJ will, will have you on soon. Um, always, always a great person. I think I always plug the VR verdict and PJ. Mm-hmm. Um, in yeah, we're and playing with them tomorrow, so
1: we'll we'll put in the good word.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think PJ will probably live stream that to be honest, on the VR verdict. So, if anyone wants to jump into some multiplayer sometime on tomorrow, this is the podcast is already out by this point, so yeah. don't worry about it. Um, but perfect. Davey. anything you wanted to like plug before we wrap up?
2: Oh, geez, wow, I hadn't really thought of that. Um <laughs> you know, thank your mom, your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess I, w- I would just say, you know, thank, you, thank my, my partner, Aaliyah. She's basically been uh, floating me for the last year and a half, um, as well as some great uh, investments in crypto. Um, <laughs> and then also um, Kyle's, par- uh, Kyle's wife, Gabby, has also been a tremendous support for Hacks, and we could not have done any of this without her and Aaliyah. Awesome. And
0: we'll have all the links to Discord, the Patreon, and obviously the SideQuest and the App Lab. Links for hacks all in below, and also the video that I posted like a few months ago, because you can see me when I was playing it, a little bit of an earlier build, but still same kind of point across. But thanks a lot, Davy, appreciate it, and of course Samson as well. Thanks for joining us as always, and we'll chat. We'll chat to you next week, where we'll have yet another guest. We wanna <laughs> wanna hat trick of all the guests so far, so it's been a good fun while while the VR news has been very tame, so. Anyway, enjoy deleting all your stuff off your 64 gig quest for anyone who's in the same
1: <laughs> problem as me. And we'll chat to you next week.